And this is our fifth part. And we've got at least a couple more. And uh, one of my favorite subjects, I, I love the Lord. I know the Lord by faith. We all know Him by faith. Amen. We wouldn't know the Lord if we didn't have uh, didn't know Him by faith. And so, uh, I want us to, to talk about this today. Last week we talked about saving faith. We talked about... Uh, it's not any different than any other faith, but it would be the first response. The only one that really, the most important response to faith would be when God is dealing with our hearts and lives as a lost man, that we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and His Gospel and that He died for our sins and the sins of the world. And we, we surrender to Him. We give our lives to Him by faith. And so we talked about we're not saved by works of righteousness and so forth. We're saved by faith in the Lord Jesus and by His grace. And I want us to talk today, if you'll read with me, this is pretty good uh, long passage, I guess longer than we would normally read to start a sermon, but I want you to read with me in James chapter 2, beginning in verse 14. James 2, 14, What doth it profit my brethren, though a man say he hath faith, and have not works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto him, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she received the messengers and had sent them out another way? For as the body without work, the spirit is dead, so also, so faith without works is dead also. Now I know we've heard this passage before. We probably have not heard as much as we've heard other passages in the Bible. And this is a pretty important question that needs to be answered. I don't think we should be afraid to dig into it, just like our study in Revelation. Open it up. Pray for God's teaching and leading by the Holy Spirit that He would reveal truth to us. Compare Scripture to Scriptures. Put it within the context of the whole Bible and see what is the Lord teaching here. The question at hand in James chapter 2, and remember we're doing a series on faith, okay? This is our series on faith. The question at hand in James 2 is not faith versus works. It is not faith or works. It might appear that way, but if you look at all the scriptures we read and we compare it to the rest of the Bible, rather the question or the, the topic that James is talking about in chapter 2 here is dead faith versus living faith. Now that's another subject. It needs to be looked at as that. James is not saying salvation by faith versus salvation by works and which one is right. 
James is talking about, and the Word of God is talking about, a dead faith versus a living faith. A dead faith, because he says, don't you know that faith without works is dead? He's talking about the genuineness of faith, a real, true, biblical, living faith in the living God. Or, if it's not that, what is it? Whatever we would call faith is not actually faith. If it's not that, if it's not true, living faith, that is genuine confidence placed in the Lord Jesus Christ and Him alone, that, that, then there's some other faith. Okay? Some other faith. It could be a mere profession of faith. You know what I'm talking about where people just say? Like I've said before, you can train a, you can train a parrot to quote John 3.16. I couldn't, but maybe you could. Uh, John 3.16. And uh, you know, it doesn't mean he has faith. Or that he's a believer, okay? You could take a, a, a pocket, hand a, a non-unbeliever, a pocket full of tracks, and stick them, stick them in his hand, and say, "Go share these. Go tell them. Take them through the Roman road, and go knock on doors." Doesn't mean they're born again. People could be saved by hearing it because God's faithful to His word. My point is that uh, there's a true, living, biblical faith in God, where you place your whole confidence in Him. Or there is something else in place of that that men may call faith. But it's not real faith. It could be a mere profession where the words come out of your mouth. I'm a believer. How many, you know, everybody that says they're a Christian that you've met, do you think everybody's a Christian? You know, if you see a, a big group of people gathering for a national day of, of prayer or something, it doesn't mean everyone's, pray they all are, but it doesn't mean they all are believers. We have Christian schools and Christian high schools. You know good and well everybody there is not a Christian. They might call themselves a Christian. So there's that kind of faith. It's a profession of faith. It could even be a, a faith in the sense that it's a mental agreement with the list of facts. Do you believe that Jesus died? Do you believe this? And, and they agree with that, but they, they're not a believer. You know what I'm saying? They agree with these historical facts. That about Jesus, and maybe many of them, maybe all of them, but they haven't believed to the saving of their soul where they put their life in God's hands. And so that would be uh, not a biblical, uh, true faith either. Clearly, the Bible teaches, y'all, so I want us to be confused. I mean, not be confused because people have argued this back and forth about, well, Paul says, Paul's a minister of grace, and and faith and and James seems to be speaking here about works and which one is it? Okay, they're not at odds against each other. James is not, and the Word of God is not contradicting itself. It's very clear from the Bible that men are justified and saved and born again by faith. It's not a question. It's not an issue, really, and it's not even a biblical issue. It's there. For us to see. It's not an argument. Men are not saved by works. Men are not saved or justified in God's eyes by works. We looked at some of the scriptures last week. I'm just going to read them real quickly just to give a few. There's so many more. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. Uh, Romans 3.24 Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Verse 28, Romans 3.28, Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the work, the deeds of the law. Galatians 2.16, Knowing that a man is not justified by works, 
of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, and actually no any, any other kind of work as well, uh, shall no flesh be justified. I'm just going to stop there. That was last week's sermon, that we're saved by grace through faith. That's not an issue. Okay? For a real believer, they understand that. And anybody that takes the Bible at face value and lets the Lord speak to them, we understand that. And it's interesting that in James, the, the same people are mentioned. He mentions Rahab and Abraham, right? Towards the end, his, exa- his examples. Rahab the harlot uh, basically sheltered the spies and didn't, didn't turn them over to the people of Jericho. And she hid them. And, she, it's, it's, and then Abraham offering up his son Isaac as a sacrifice. God spared him, but God, he offered him up. And those two things are actually mentioned, those same two examples, the same two people are mentioned in the chapter of faith in Hebrews 11. And what's credited to them by, as being by faith in Hebrews 11 is said in, in, chapter, in James chapter 2 as being by works. So what's, what's the deal? What, what is he saying here? Uh, the Bible tells us this. By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not when she had believed, with them that believed not, when she had received the spies with peace. So Hebrews is saying faith. James is saying works. It's not a contradiction though. This is not a contradiction between faith and works. When you look at James, it's a contradiction or a comparison between uh, salvation, I mean a living faith or a dead faith. A living faith or a dead faith. Don't allow the enemy to sow any doubt in your hearts and minds. If, you're, if you have never had a doubt about this, then don't. I don't want to put one, okay? Uh, but if you've had this discussion with people, I've, I've heard people that, uh, I think it was Martin Luther that said that James, the book of James was of the devil before he really sold out completely to the Lord. He, he thought it was horrible. He thought it was a demonic book because it just didn't, to him, in his mind, didn't seem to line up with the rest of the Scriptures. But it don't, don't, he didn't think that later in his life when he really came to know the Lord in a, more, in a personal way. The Bible says uh, that by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We could go on and on and on about the Scriptures to tell us how a man is saved. The Bible says about Abraham. Uh, Abraham believed, what saith the Scriptures? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. He believes in God. God imputes it or imparts to him righteousness. True righteousness, which fits him for heaven. Okay? Fitted Abraham for heaven. He believed God. God says that belief in me is is an impartation. I'm imputing this to you as being righteousness. Again, we talked about that last week. So God's word is not uh, being inconsistent. It's not arguing back and forth. Again, we looked at this last week. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. The Bible says... uh, 
that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in our heart that God hath raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. One more in John 3.18 where Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus. He says, He that believeth in him is not, shall not be condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already. Because why? He didn't do good works? No. Because he believeth not in the name of the only begotten Son of God. That's just so established, but I want to establish it again so that we're not confused. So what is James saying? What is James saying? If we know that we're saved by grace through faith and not works, what is he saying? The Holy Spirit is teaching us two things, I believe. I believe I can see two things in that passage we open with. Number one, living faith saves and dead faith does not. Living faith saves a man and dead faith does not. Two, we can know the difference between the two faiths. I'm boiling it down to simplicity and my own understanding. Living faith saves and dead faith saves no one. And you can know the difference. That would be the second point. That <clears throat> there's evidence to a living faith, living faith that's true faith in Jesus Christ, which justifies the ungodly and saves the sinner for all eternity and brings us into that right relationship with God and makes us beneficiaries and recipients of His grace, there's evidence to that faith. There's evidence to that faith that I just described. There's evidence to it. What am I saying? There's evidence. In other words, there's proof. You can look at your own life, and if you're around someone else long enough, now we're not perfect. The Bible says we'll know them by their fruit. Okay? God knows the hearts perfectly. I might misjudge, and you might misjudge. But as a whole there is going to be evidence to true biblical faith. If Sherry's faith in Jesus Christ is genuine, there will be evidence that she'll see and that others around her will see that her faith in Jesus is not a mere profession like a parrot quote in John 3.16. It's not just words. It's not just lip service. It's real. She'll be born again. Her life will be different. Okay? And so that's, that's to me... Living faith saves and dead faith does not. And number two, we can know the difference and God wants us to know the difference between a living faith and a dead faith. There's evidence. And you know what the evidence is? Part of the evidence is certainly what James is talking about. Living faith and a real faith will produce works of faith. Will produce works of faith. Living faith uh, produces works of righteousness. I just want to read this. Now that we're going back and forth from Hebrews 11, this great chapter on faith, and, and James chapter 2. But just listen to me. This is from Hebrews 11.33. Who through faith, this long list of people were named. Who through faith subdued kingdoms. So guess what happened? They had faith, and their faith produced something. Who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured. And I'm just going to stop there. It says that through faith they did these things. So here's faith, and the faith produced something, some action in their life. Okay? Produced some action. And so this is what God is teaching that there's a very clear biblical evidence of true faith in God. And I think we should keep it simple like that. 
Genuine faith in the Lord has evidence to it. He wants men to know this. God does. And He wants men to understand this. And He does not want people to be deceived into thinking that some, something other than that. Here, here's what I've always believed. If a man is lost, God wants them to know he's lost. He, God wants them to know more than anybody. He wants them to know, you don't know me. I want you to know me. You can know me. You can come this moment. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But if they're lost and in their sin, He doesn't want them to think they're okay and going to heaven. Right? And so, at the same time, He wouldn't want a saved man to think that they're lost. He wants to give that assurance. By, and He does. By the Holy Spirit that we belong to the Lord. He doesn't want people to be deceived and thinking their faith is a genuine faith when it's really not. You know, when I was five years old at Vacation Bible School, uh, I remember my teacher led me in this prayer and I prayed that prayer with them. I'm making up an example. And so, but from that day at five years old, and now they're 65 years old, there's not been one shred of proof or evidence or godly fruit in their life. I would be concerned, wouldn't you? Was that just a profession of faith that they hung their hat on and that's going to get them through? Because, oh yeah, I remember somebody told me that. Jesus died for our sins and, and I prayed, prayed that prayer with them. If it was genuine, then it was genuine. But if it was genuine, they're saved and a saved man's life is going to be different. I'm not saying we're perfect. I'm saying our life will be different. There will be evidence of that uh, genuineness of our faith because it will result in the genuineness of a, a real conversion and a salvation. He wants people to know that. Uh, he wants people to understand and not hold on to a dead faith, which is a powerless faith, but instead to hold to a living, effectual faith in, in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus, James says, uh, don't be deceived. He said, faith without works is dead. But he also said, be doers of the word, not hearers only deceiving yourselves. He's not saying that the doing of the word saves you. He is saying that you can think you're okay because you hear the word. For example, in James 1.22, you hear the word all the time and you live in a Christian nation. You go to church all the time. Maybe you grew up in church. And so you think because you know the story about Noah and the ark and the animals and the flood, and you know about the story of creation, and you know about Jesus dying on the cross for the sins of the world and the shepherds on the hillside proclaiming His birth and the resurrection the third day. You know about all that. You've become comfortable with that. You're very acquainted with that. You could teach it to others that you think you're saved because you're acquainted with all these biblical facts and truths. That's not faith. True faith is a surrender where we put our full confidence in the Lord. When we move from here, trusting in my own, myself, and my uh, whatever, my cleverness, my strength, my power, my health, my wealth, trusting in this, my innate goodness, which I think I have, which I really don't have, trusting in that as opposed to trusting, stepping over here and by the cross and trusting in Christ. So God doesn't want us to be deceived. He, he says that we need to be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving ourselves. True faith which justifies sinful men is more than words. You know that, right? True faith which saves a sinner and justifies men, it has words that accompany it. We confess with our mouth and believe in our heart. But it's more than just mere words. The Bible says that 
And we, we talked about this when we started this series, that now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. Faith in men and women that are listed in Hebrews 11, by it the elders obtained a good report. Many are listed there. Uh, they got something. Their faith was living and it was real. And by their faith, they kept their eyes on the Lord. And by faith, they obeyed the Lord. And that resulted in them getting something. A testimony for Christ. The Lord gave a testimony of them. And we're going to look at, at some of this. And they had a testimony for the Lord. You could have a thousand people in a room. Preacher preaches the gospel or someone shares the gospel. Everybody says amen. But over time, you'll start to see who meant that amen and gave their life to Christ and who did not. Because their life will show it. It's supposed to be that way. I've often said this. If you made a profession of faith that did not change your life at all, then you didn't get saved. I'm not saying that you're perfect from that day forward. But the Bible says if any man's in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. There is a new life in us. We cannot be the same having met this uncreated God who literally comes and forgives all of our sins, puts His nature in us and His Spirit in us, and then says we're born again, and then we re remain unchanged. Then whatever did take place, it wasn't real salvation. And that's what James is warning about. And that's what the Word of God warns about. We, we don't want to be deceitful to our own selves. And I sure don't want to pat someone on the back and tell them you're saved and everything's great when they're not. I want them to know in their heart of hearts. Let the Holy Ghost show them that they belong to the Lord. We have to be careful of that. Uh, <coughs> Jesus said, not, not everyone that saith. And just think about this. This what James is talking about in chapter 2. Chapter 7, 21 of, of Matthew. Jesus said, not everyone that saith unto me, there saith, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he that does the will of the Father, which is in heaven. So is he teaching salvation by works? No, I don't believe he's teaching salvation by works. Because the Bible says that uh, the Bible, when, when the, the, here, I'll just read it to you. Then said they unto him, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that you believe on Him whom He hath sent. So he's not teaching salvation by works. He's talking about real faith. The work that God wants you to do, Jesus said, my Father wants you to do, you believe. This is the work, that you believe in Him whom the Father has sent to be the Savior of the world. Believe in Jesus Christ. For the true saving, belief. But He says, not everyone that says... So saying is not the same as believing, is it? Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Anyone can say they have faith. You can say anything you want. I can say I, I play in the NFL. I don't. Okay? You can say anything you want to say. And a man can say they have faith in God when they don't. It says in James 2.18, we read this, Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. James says, You show me your faith without your works. It'd be hard to do, wouldn't it? 
Not saying that they're not saved. He's just making a point. A man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. There's going to be an evidence to it. And just think about some of these. Genuine faith in the Lord, again, is going to have evidence because a born-again life is going to be different than a lost life. Even some nice old grandma that gets nice as can be and makes cookies for everybody. If she's lost and gets saved, her life's going to be different. Because we go from being sinners, separated from God, pointed to the wrath of God, strangers from the covenants of the Lord, and, and uh, without God, having no hope in the world, we go from that, being dark with a carnal sinful nature, to being born again. And the Spirit of the Lord comes in us and our life begins to change. Quickly. Okay? The Lord begins to change us. But think about this. Daniel. Just, I'm just mentioning some that are mentioned in Hebrews 11. Daniel, did he not show his faith by his works? He didn't just say, I believe. But when there was a law passed in King uh, Darius's day that for 30 days nobody can pray to anybody but you, King, or make petitions known to anybody but you. But Daniel was a believer in Jehovah. And Daniel had the pattern of being a, a praying man. And he opened his window and faced the east. He was a captive, but he's facing back towards Jerusalem like he did three times a day, the Bible says. And he prayed. <laughs> and the penalty was death. The penalty, if you do that, you're going to be thrown in the lion's den. And he was. Did he not show? And God spared him. And God was glorified. But the point is, he didn't just say, I have faith in God. He had faith in God and it was evidenced by the life he lived. Very evident in that situation. We see the same thing with Peter. I think about Peter on the boat. They, they're, they're kind of sleeping. They look up and they think they're seeing a ghost. And it's Jesus walking to them on the water at night. The Lord's actually walking on the water coming to them. And they think they're seeing a ghost. Well, it's don't be afraid. It's me. I don't know how far away he is. And, and Peter says, Lord, if it's really you, bid me to come unto you. He says, well, come. Well, Peter didn't just say, I believe in Jesus. I believe I can walk on water. I believe He can help me walk on water. Peter stepped out of the boat and walked on water with these, his two feet. Okay? You understand my point of that. His faith was evidence that it was real because he stepped out of the boat. His faith in Jesus specifically was real. And God rewarded that. God's always going to reward true faith. We see early church martyrs. They didn't just say they had faith and argue over doctrine. We see those that actually laid down their lives to death because they wouldn't deny the Lord that bought them or deny true doctrine or His blood or Christ as being sufficient alone to be Savior. They died. Young people, old people, men, women, burned at the stake. Uh, because they would not deny the Lord. There was a work, there were works to their faith that was real. They didn't just say, I believe, but I'm going to just keep, keep quiet. They believed and they acted upon what they believed. That's what James is talking about. I think about Wycliffe and, and Tyndale that hazarded their lives to give us the Bible in the common language that we can read. Because until they did, it was just in Latin and only the only the, the, the 
ecclesiastical people could read it and know it and study it and educate it and they would part it out as they chose and they could manipulate it and lord it over the people. These men hazarded their lives by faith to write the Bible in the common language so we would have it. So there were works to their faith. And um, the Bible says of those of faith, it says not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. They did that by faith, y'all. They did something by faith. And it was because their faith was real, y'all. That didn't make their faith real. That was an evidence that their faith was real. Now understand the difference? That didn't make their faith real. Peter walking on the water didn't all of a sudden make him a, a believer. And okay, now you got real faith. Now you proved it to me, Peter. Peter walking on the water proved that he trusted the Lord in the first place. And that's what we see all through the Bible. We see people that overcome and they obey and they endure and they persevere and they do works in, in face of strong opposition and persecution because their faith in the Lord is real. Again, the issue is not salvation by works, justification by works or by faith, uh, but rather faith that's living or faith that is dead. Living faith justifies and saves the sinners. And guess what else it does? Living faith will be evidence. There will be works of righteousness. There will be obtaining a good report for the one who has true faith in the Lord. It produces godly works. True faith, and that's what James is saying, saying produces works of faith which proves and testifies and gives evidence that they really belong to the Lord. Dead faith justifies no one. You know that? Heaven is, I mean, hell is going to be filled and is filled and going to be filled with people who, quote, believed. Well, I'm an American and I'm a Christian. You know, I'm a Christian because I'm an American. I'm a, I'm... Hell is going to be filled with people that, quote, believed, but didn't believe to the saving of the soul. Their faith in the Lord was not genuine. I'm not trying to make you afraid. I'm simply saying, thank God that we can have a living faith that is totally separate from a dead faith. And we can, we can know that we have a living faith. There will be evidence to that. And so when we talk in Ephesians 2, for example, for by grace you are saved. And you know what it says in the next verse after that? It says, for not of works, okay? Lest any man should boast. That's speaking about salvation. Then he says, in the very next verse, Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship, Created in Christ Jesus, that's a believer, unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. You know what he's saying? If we're really saved, God's created us in Christ, that new creation, to be a person that walks in good works and does good works. And if, if he created me for that, saved me for that, and I'm not doing that at all, then I have to question was I really saved? <laughs> Was I really born again when I prayed that prayer? Because again, a dead faith justifies no one. A living faith does. A man or a woman who truly believes in the Lord and believes in His Word will have what I call, or others have called, they'll have feet to their faith. But just think about it. You've heard that before. They put feet to their faith. So they're not just a bunch of words all the time, closed up in a room, telling how much I believe in God. They were going to walk out their faith. 
at work on Monday, at school, and their, how they do their finances, how they raise their children, the things they watch on TV and they don't watch on TV. I'm not talking about perfection. I'm talking about walking out your faith in God. A believer is going to have feet to his faith like Peter had feet to his faith when he walked on the water. He put feet to his faith. He, Jesus said, come. And Peter obeyed by faith and came out of, out of the boat and walked on the water. I want to make this point uh, to say that James is not, nor am I speaking about instant sinless perfection. Have you heard of that? There's a, there's a doctrine that some believe that as soon as you're saved, you're instantly that second perfected. Sinless. You'll never sin again. And there are people that will claim they were saved 30 years ago and they haven't sinned, sinned once since then. I would say they're lying. There's a sin. <laughs> In word, thought, or deed. Okay? Uh, I don't believe the Bible teaches that. The Bible says, for example, in 1 John 2.1, my, uh, my little children, these things I write unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. And John even included himself in that with the Father Jesus Christ, the righteous. The, the point is that we're, we're talking about not that we're, if our faith is living, there will be works that follow. There will be evidence of, of the fruit of our salvation that our faith was living. It does not mean that instantly the day you said, I do to Jesus, admit it, that you'll never sin again. You'll be perfect from that day forward. You are being conformed to the image of His Son, and so am I. And then we ought to see some real headway. We ought to see some real progress. Right? I mean, the author of Hebrews rebuked him in chapter 5. When for, when for the time you ought to be teachers, they should have been here and they were here. You're having to be taught again these basic principles of the faith. You should know that by now and have been teaching others by now. There should be genuine progress in our faith. But I'm not saying that someone that has real faith in God will never sin. They'll never act or behave in a sinless, uh, in a sinful manner in their life. Think about Abraham who believed God. Did he and Sarah, did they ever sin again after that? Yes, they did. We know the Bible is very clear to point it out to us. Abraham believed God. It was counted unto him for righteousness. Doesn't mean he never sinned again. But the pattern, because when he took his, his wife's handmaid and tried to fulfill God's promise that way, it was not of the Lord. It was sin. And, but he still trusted God. That, if that makes sense. He still trusted in the Lord. Not in that act. He did not. They had to repent and be forgiven of that. But in his life, he still trusted God. So think about your own life. You have genuine living faith in the Lord. And you say, well, I just sinned yesterday or this morning. I got mad with my husband or wife or the kids and I lost it. And it was ungodly. And you know what? If we do that, doesn't mean we're not saved. It means we sinned. And when a believer sins, we confess with our mouth. And I mean, we confess to the Lord and, and we turn from our sin and He washes and cleanses in His blood. And then we get up back up and we walk with the Lord. And we keep walking. So what should we see? If I'm saying, okay, a believer is not going to be perfect from that day forward. What we should see in our lives is a pattern. A practice, right? Exercise yourself to godliness, the Bible says. The believer ought to have a pattern of trusting God, obeying God, meditating on God, 
uh, walking in the ways of God, keeping his word. We ought to have a pattern. That should be my pattern. I pray that if you hung out with me and spent two weeks with me on a mission trip where you're with me morning, noon, and night, you would see some things that are not of God in my life at some point. But I pray the pattern of my life, and I pray you would, and I pray you wouldn't even have to, but I pray that the pattern of my life would be that you would know that I was a true believer, that I wasn't putting on a show, that Christ was real to me and He really had changed my life. And I pray that I would see that in your life. We're not talking about isolated incidences of sin. We're talking about a whole life that's been transformed and a pattern of behavior that, that brings us to a place of obedience to the Lord, where we walk with the Lord. A person, and I'm bringing, bringing this to a close, but a believer, y'all, will act upon what he, he or she knows to be true. A born-again man or woman, as a pattern, as a, as a whole, we are going to act upon what we know to be true. By faith. What, is, what does God's Word say? What saith the Lord? And God speaks that to me through the Bible, through a minister, through, my, through the Holy Ghost, speaking in my heart. What I know to be the will of God. As hard as it may be, as impossible as it may seem, as, as, as afraid as I may be, as a whole, we're going to act upon that and step out. I don't have a lot of money now, but God says the word of tithe. Young couple just got married. They don't have two nickels to rub together. And God says, I want you to tithe. And they know in their hearts that that's the truth. Then they're going to tithe. If they don't, they're going to sin. That God's going to ask, they're going to ask God to forgive them. He's going to bring it up again. They're really safe. And deal with them. But uh, it's all motivated by a heart of love. And the saved man, listen y'all, the saved man does not do works in order to be saved, the saved man does works because he is saved. That to me is the summary of James 2. He doesn't do works in order to be saved. I've got to do five more good works, a thousand more good works, ten more years of good works, and it's never enough. Okay? My righteousness is filthy rags. Christ is righteous. He imputes his righteousness to us by faith. Give your life to him. Okay? He does works because he is saved. God sees it. We see it. Others see it. The Bible says that their works do follow them. You ever heard the old saying? I know you have. You don't get the cart before the horse. The cart is not before the horse. Cart, a horse pulls a cart. It pulls it. It's hooked to him and he drags it and pulls it from behind. You don't get your cart before the horse. The horse is the faith and the works follow. If it's real, there'll be real works of faith that follow it. Now I'm going to close with this, y'all. Just going back to James. I want us to look at this again now that we've talked about it and just point out a few things. First, we're back in James chapter 2, verse 17. Even so, faith, if it hath not works. So he's not saying faith or works. He's saying faith if it has not works, is dead being alone. Do you all see that? That is a dead faith. We've been talking about living faith, dead faith. The Bible doesn't actually use the term living faith and dead faith. It does say that faith without works is dead. Why is it dead? Because it's alone. It's alone because it wasn't true to start with. It wasn't a real faith to start for, with. Therefore, there are no good works 
following this. There are no works of obedience. There's no works of righteousness. There are no works of faith in this life because they were never saved in the first place. And so that faith was dead being alone. That faith doesn't save, didn't save, cannot save. Let's look at a couple more. Verses 22 and 23. See thou how faith wrought, this is speaking about Abraham, with his works. And by works was faith made perfect. Perfect means complete, to consummate, to fulfill. So again, it's not faith or works. His faith was fulfilled because it was evidenced by his obedience to offer up his son Isaac when the Lord called him to. That didn't make him a believer. He did it because he was a believer and it proved that his faith was real. I don't want to just go on and on, but verse 26 we closed with, for as the body without the spirit is dead, obviously, picture a body without a spirit, no more breath in it, is dead. So faith without works is dead also. That is what James is saying. He's not saying, forget faith, that's stupid. Go do a bunch of works to be saved. That's not what the Bible's teaching. It's not what James is teaching. We just read it. Faith without works is a dead faith. And dead faith, a dead faith never saved anyone. A couple of examples that I read, and I'm closing. Faith is like throwing a pebble into a, a pond. You've got a still pond that's uh, smooth like glass, no ripples on it. It's impossible to throw that, that pebble into the pond without causing some ripples, right? You couldn't, couldn't do it. If there are no ripples, you know what that means? That's just evidence there was no pebble to start with. So if there's no good works, none, not that you have to measure up to my standards or I have to measure up to your standards, but if there are no good works of faith or works of righteousness in our lives, but we say we're believers, then that would be evidence that there was no true faith, saving faith in the first place. The Bible says, the devils, thou believest that there is one God, verse 19. Well, that sounds like enough. They ought to be saved. You believe that there's one God. I believe in the one true living God. Thou doest well. He's almost being sarcastic. The devils believe that and tremble. Devils aren't saved. Okay? The, the point is it has to be more than that. Uh, faith is the candle and the, the result of the works would be the heat. You put your hand too close, you feel the heat. The heat didn't produce the candle. The candle being lit produced the heat. I know these are so, so simple. And one man wrote this, that faith and works should travel side by side. Like, like a step answering a step of a, a man walking. First faith and then works. And then faith again. And then works again until he says you're, you're doing it so much you scarcely can distinguish one from the other. James is saying, you show me your faith without your works. I'm going to show you my faith by my works. There's going to be an evidence to it. Okay? God wants there to be an evidence. Closing with this, this thought. One, one man of God wrote this. Faith is the ability God gives to trust in His Son. And anything that does not result, listen to this, anything that does not result in action, that's what James is talking about, in accordance, to the, in accordance to the will of God is not faith, but something else, something short of it. That's the warning for today. We're, you, you, God doesn't want you to be deceived. 
He doesn't want you to think you're saved if you don't. And we can know, many ways we can know. We can know because the Holy Ghost primarily bears witness with our hearts that we belong to Him. But we'll also notice a real change in our life. Maybe it takes longer than we'd like. Maybe it takes longer than we should and we're dragging our feet and not really seeking God with all of our heart. But if the faith is genuine, there will be works, there will be fruit, there will be a result, and, and it, there will be a change. Anything that does not result, I'm reading it again, any faith that does not result in action in accordance to the will of God is not faith, but something else and something less. David says, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed, therefore have I spoken. So he believed what he believed, and it caused him to speak and testify to others. I have believed first, therefore I have spoken. He preached righteousness to the congregation, or whatever it may be. I want you all to stand with me this morning.